Hello, listeners. Normally right now, you would be listening to a sponsor ad followed by a faux-mercial. But this week, I wanted to do something a little different to start off the show. As many of you already know, we lost the King of Wakanda, T'Challa, this week, Mr. Chadwick Boseman. So I reached out to some of my friends and asked for stories about what Chadwick meant to them. So first, you will hear from Thomas Walls, who portrayed a Montreal Royals coach on the movie 42. Then you will hear about how Chadwick encouraged and inspired Garrett Dumas. And in closing, you will hear a very sweet story from Anna Lily East, who worked on Black Panther with Mr. Chadwick Boseman. And then the show. I worked with Chadwick Boseman in Birmingham, Alabama in the movie 42. The first day we worked, it was probably 95 degrees with 90% humidity. We worked the 14-hour days wearing wool baseball uniforms. So hot and humid, people were dropping like flies. But um, at the end of the day, Chad made sure he came to every team member on the Montreal Royals team and shook their hand and told them how much he appreciated them hanging in there and working to make this film something special. He was like that almost every day. I worked with him about 12 days, and he was a genuine, nice guy. I was going to write this down, but I figure it's better to say something like this um, from the heart. I didn't know Chadwick personally. I just knew his work from 42 to get on up to Black Panther. For me, Black Panther was a very special character. Things that I'd line be back when I first got into this industry where Black Panther, he didn't have a film. He didn't have much of a presence even in the Marvel Universe. So me and a buddy, Carnot, who had a Black Panther costume, we made a uh, Deadpool and Black Panther fan film because neither of them had films. I learned through this process a huge part of representation of how important it is for kids to see a superhero that looks like them. It's something I never really thought of as a kid. But as we toured doing the cons and stuff like that, it grew to be very, very, very important. For me, when I took off the Deadpool mask and they saw that I was black, I looked like them. And those kids, their eyes would light up. All the kids would light up. It was building another perception of what the world, what society thought a black man could be or should be. So when Black Panther finally got cast, we were like excited. We were just like, we did it. We were happy. We were like, we didn't know who was going to get cast for them, but we we saw it was Chadwick. And that was a big deal. We're like, wow. Okay. Of course, you know, me and my buddy, we looked it up to see who he was and the things he'd done before. So, okay. Well, you get the training. You can pull it off. And it was going to be huge. After uh, Black Panther came out, I, I'd avoided working at that time because I didn't want to be just the background in a big Marvel film, especially like Black Panther. But seeing my friends, fellow actors and stunt people in that film, uh, it was like seeing it come to life. It was seeing the work of years come to life. It was seeing kids embrace Black Panther on a larger scale. And seeing uh, Chadwick, he filled the role of of T'Challa. And not only did he carry himself as T'Challa on television, he carried himself as a positive man, a man of faith, outside, not in front of the camera. 
He wore the helm for those kids. No one knew he was dying. He worked tirelessly, day in and day out, project after project. It's, it's amazing. And no one knew he was in so much pain. But he has forever changed with you know everyone else involved. He will forever be a part of history. Kids now have a hero who looks like them. And he carried himself in such a way that where he will always be that hero. It's a shame that he was called home earlier than we would hope. But what he's done will live forever. With all the negative images of black men and killing and violence. All of us being treated sometimes as if we're second class citizens. Showing minorities in a not only place of power of royalty and intelligence and growth. It was brilliant. Losing Chadwick will be losing a major part of the film world. He was already there. We'd only seen a drop of his body of work that he possibly could have done. But maybe that's why he worked so hard, because he knew. But we're thankful for the time we had he put on the, this earth. The world will never be the same. And regardless, his legacy will live on forever. Black Panther, Chadwick will forever be T'Challa. And that's beautiful. I am still trying to come to terms with the fact that Chadwick is no longer physically present on the same astral plane as I am. So forgive me if I start crying. Um, I'm going to try and hold it together. I have been racking my brain and trying to figure out what it is that I want to say to honor him. I have so many stories, so many memories, so many feelings. But I think the one that I want to share with everyone is everything to do with who Chadwick was, the person he embodied. And so here it goes. My very first day on the set of Black Panther, <clears throat> I show up wearing <laughs> an entire outfit based on Batman because why wouldn't you show up to a Marvel production wearing DC uniform? Uh, <laughs> so, so that's the kind of person I am. Um, and I show up on set wearing literally... I'm in a Batman hat, Batman t-shirt that features a cape, Batman leggings. I have my socks that are also Batman that also have little capes on the end. And I'm wearing my Batman Converse. And I walk up to Chadwick 
while he's on set, just chilling, waiting for the next role to take. And he looks at me and he says, get off my set wearing that DC shit. We only support real heroes around here. When I tell you I stopped dead in my tracks, oh, and he looked at me and he smiled and he laughed. And so I kind of laughed and I was like, <laughs> super nervous. And he goes, Naba for real, don't wear that shit again. <laughs> and so it became a game because you're not going to tell me what to wear. So literally every Thursday I show up wearing some new form of Batman attire. And it went on for a few weeks where I would wear my Batman attire and he would look at me with those eyes of disappointment and feelings all hurt. And I would just laugh and smile at him as if I had no idea what he was so disappointed about. But then it comes to the end of the production and on that final Thursday, I get to set and he comes up to me with this big toothy grin and he just has his hands in his jacket and he goes, guess what? And I said, what Chadwick? And he unzips his jacket real quick and he's wearing a Batman t-shirt on underneath his Black Panther jacket. But when he looks at me and realizes that I'm wearing an entire wardrobe of just Black Panther memorabilia. He just gets this big smile and he hugs me so tight and he say, yeah, that's right. We all know who the real Dark Knight is. When I think of Chadwick, I have so many memories and so many good times and good feelings and so much love. But that is my favorite memory with him because it's just a silly story. It really just embodies the Chadwick that I know and the Chadwick that I love. And I am so grateful every single day because I know that not a lot of people know that that is the Chadwick behind all of the characters he played. Chadwick changed a lot of lives. And I am forever thankful to him for changing mine and showing me that there is always the option to be kind and courteous and welcoming and loving. No matter what is going on in your life, no matter what is going on behind the scenes, you should always be the best possible version of you there is to be because that's exactly what Chadwick would have wanted he wants the world to be filled with light and love so if you want to honor him then do exactly what he did spread love spread hope and spread strength I love you Chadwick
Hello, everybody, and welcome to another incredible episode of the Above Average Joe Show. Today, we have a guest that has worked as a background PA, a set PA, first team PA, a director's assistant, a cast extras casting assistant, a casting assistant. He's worked in several different positions on films and projects such as Walking Dead, Jumanji 3, Haunting of Hill House, The Avengers Infinity War, Spider-Man Homecoming, Atlanta, American Ninja Warrior, Ant-Man, Hunger Games, Insurgent, Fast 7, Let's Be Cops, Zombieland 2, Doctor Sleep, and Black Panther, just to name some of the stuff he's worked on. <laughs> Our guest today is Jack Montague. Jack, how are you doing? Is that my cue? That is your cue. You are now live. <laughs> oh, hey everybody! Nice to nice to be here. So, Jack, we're going to start you off with the same question that I start off everybody with, which is, how did you get started in the film industry? Uh probably a longer story than we can fit in a uh, a podcast. But long story short, and this was in a Portland, Oregon area. Somebody was like, "Hey, there's a movie film in downtown. They need extras," and it was like unpaid, big audience scene. And I just kind of like fell in love with it while I was there. I was like, "Yeah, I got <laughs> going on." Like, and I had been doing theater and whatnot back in high school. I don't know. I was just kind of taken with it. I loved the fact that people were working crazy hours just to play make-believe and you know i don't know i just kind of fell in love with it while i was there so uh i ended up staying longer than most of the other extras because they you know got tired after a few hours of not getting paid and nothing really going on and i was still there i was still helping clean i saw like you know the crafty lady rachel she was dragging waters across the field and i was like oh do you need help with that you know i was just helping where i saw people needing help potentially and cleaning up after the other extras and at the end of the day i was like i know you guys are in town for a few more days i'd love to like come back and help and uh they were like actually we're losing a few pas if you want to come tomorrow and i was like oh sure what is that and <laughs> essentially i've been doing it ever since wow you pa on your second day of work <laughs> basically i mean it still wasn't getting paid but <laughs> no but you got the title <laughs> but you gotta start somewhere <laughs> exactly um, and you worked your way up as PA to a set PA and then also first team PA. What exactly does a first team PA do that's different than the other PA positions? Oh, first team PA has a whole other slew of problems. <laughs> I'm used to dealing with background, which is like anywhere from like three to 500, 1,000 extras a day. But instead of that, you're dealing with like the few cast members or more that are actually going to be there. You're kind of the in-between person between uh, your ADs on set and a base camp AD and, or PA that's back there with the back uh, cast. So you're either um, escorting them, keeping your eye on the cast, you're helping them with a, whatever they may need, you're making sure they're happy, you're making sure they're informed, you want to keep track of when and what they're going to be filming so you know what costume they need to be in and how much time you need to get them into that outfit and whether or not they're going to be on a mic so you have to make sure that there's time to have them mic'd up before they get onto set it really depends on the show and what the first team is that you're dealing with sometimes you might just be specifically one person's assistant or you might be dealing with 12 stuntmen and five cast members most of the positions in film and PAs it's like it really just depends on the production in the day because you might be doing 
completely different things one day to the next. So you just have to be flexible with your position and whatever they're asking you for. Yeah, you're just kind of you're just kind of winging it, but you're just <laughs> trying to be as helpful as you can be while you're winging it and trying to make the best decisions along the way. Which is one thing that most of us end up doing on set anyways because you find out that it's just a lot of problem solving when you're on set. There's just issues that come up and you just have to figure out how to fix them and how to deal with them and and that's where having your first team PAs, your background PAs and your set PAs just all doing whatever they need done to get get things finished. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes you'll just find yourself ending up in a position without even knowing that that's what you're walking into. I haven't done first team PA very many times, but like Waldo, I think was like my biggest job doing that. And when I got hired, I thought I was just going to be dealing with background. And then like on the first couple of days on set, they kept asking me stuff about first team. And I was like, um, don't we have somebody <laughs> else working on that? And they're like, no, we're going to like have you do that as well. And I was like, okay, cool. So I'm like doing double duty, but you know, that's, I, I like the, the challenge and the opportunity I don't always want somebody else's production and their money being my classroom. I like I'd rather be already up to par with what they're asking me to do. But luckily, you work with a lot of wonderful people that are there to to help you out when you aren't 100 percent sure what they need from you. And that's the, the beauty of working with a great team. And one of the projects I want to talk about, uh, Zombieland 2 incredible movie for anyone who hasn't seen it i thought it was just as good as the first which i thought was not even possible but i <laughs> thought it was still up to par you got to work on second unit on zombie land too if you want to explain to our listeners what is second unit compared to first unit and if you want to throw in some examples of like scenes that you filmed that were in the movie that were like hey when you watch this part this is what we shot of course, respecting all NDAs and whatnot that I may have signed, I'll try to give some... You could keep it basic. Yeah, I'll, <laughs> I'll give some details without like talking too much. But uh, basically, on that show specifically, I got called by my coworker, Christina Barber, randomly. I think it was like on the day that they needed me. She was like, hey, can you come work? like right now are you available so i was like uh so I, basically i got rushed in um to second unit on that show during the week that where they were doing the monster truck scene a really fun set lots of awesome set deck stuff or art or whatever i just love some of the the sets you go to where like they've gone all out and made like a whole environment that you can just walk around and live inside of with everybody else it's very very cool to show up to shows like that so second unit on in many cases you won't see any of the actors there second unit is usually reserved for things like stunts or like just getting footage of maybe like a school if you're like shooting a scene with like a, a high school like you'll just have drone footage but it's just like a lot of the stuff where you won't need the actors there for their dialogue occasionally you still will have some actors there especially in action scenes where they still want to see actors but a lot of it's still stunts they'll have some of the actors there for portions of that while they also have stuntmen but there's been days where i've gone to a, like fast seven you go to a second unit set and no actors at all and it might just be one stunt where a car is flying down a road and a, something blows up but you spend the entire day between you know 12 and 16 hours just 
setting up one thing, making sure it's very safe, making sure everybody's on the same page, rehearsing it safely over and over again until, you know, you get that one beautiful, glorious shot. So on Zombieland 2, it was a lot of just making sure that things were going to fly safely with that monster truck. <laughs> Some overnight shots in this cool space and getting whatever, I think that the the monster truck lands on some zombies. Yeah. Uh, of course, we didn't have any extras underneath a, a monster truck being crushed. <laughs> or stuntmen, hopefully. <laughs> but, you know, fire, explosions, car stuns. Second unit, it may not be what some people think of when they think of working on a movie set. They're like, oh, this actor was on that, and you probably got to see them or hang out with them and whatever. But Second unit is actually can be a lot more fun than those dialogue scenes with the main actors because you're getting to see really cool things happen and everybody doesn't have to be quiet because they're usually not recording sound. <laughs> yeah, I think with a lot of the things that projects that we worked on, we had anywhere up to about like 10 photo doubles on a set on, for second unit. Plus, first unit still shooting at the same time, too. Right. But all of our photo doubles, it's like we're going to shoot just the back of somebody's head. Oh, we're gonna we're gonna shoot their hand grabbing a suitcase or pushing a button mm-hmm. or turning a door handle and they would literally spend their like like you said, twelve to sixteen hours just getting those quick inserts for a half second on screen that you're not gonna notice that it's not their foot that's walking by. Yep. And they, they don't wanna use all that time doing that when they have actors on site and location, so they put it on another unit. Hey everyone, we're going to take a short break for a quick word from our sponsor. Hey listeners, I wanted to share with you a brand new podcast that you might be interested in. It's the new Braves Dugout Podcast. This podcast is about all things Atlanta Braves baseball. They talk about roster moves, potential trades, game recaps. Now this may all seem cliche for a sports podcast, but they also include a special segment each week where they talk about controversial topics using only stats and logic and no bias controversial topics such as which Braves player should or should not be in the Hall of Fame, why your favorite player may not be as valuable as you think they are, or how certain players you may not like deserve more love. It's the new Braves Dugout Podcast. You can currently catch this podcast, see what I did there, catch this podcast, on Spotify or on Anchor.fm. It's sure to be a hit! And then you also got to work on another project that recently came out, Dr. Sleep, which was the sequel to The Shining, mm-hmm. which also another movie that I was like, eh, I don't know if it's going to live up to the first one, which honestly, not quite as good, but it was still good. Uh, yes, Dr. Sleep. That one was a really, really cool show to work on for a lot of different reasons. Obviously, because of the legendary Jack Nicholson's movie, The Shining, and carrying on that legacy of Stephen King's book, and just getting to revisit a lot of the locations from that movie was just one of those things where you're just, you're there at work, in that space, at the hotel, spoiler alerts, and you you're just like, is this happening right now? Is it like you, you don't even like get to process it really because it's just all happening so fast. But it yeah. just you can just feel how special it is to be working on those projects sometimes and just getting to to live in the that world that is just, it's legendary. You're like within this thing that 
everybody knows about and has a thousand fans across different books or movies or whatever it may be. And you're just getting to, you know, stroll around down these hallways. (laughs) And it really just fills you up with wonder, I guess. Um, The other reason that it was a lot of fun to work on is because most of the crew on that show were the same crew that I worked with on the haunting of Hill house, same director and a lot of the same AD team and a lot of the same crew across the board uh, were working on the same exact show. And we went essentially from one show to the other. I forgot what I did in between, but it was like a really quick reunion. We just got off of that one, took a break and then we, flew right into the next one. And so it was kind of like being with family again and getting to do something really special. And talking about doing something special too, you worked on another project that means a lot to a lot of people, especially recently with the passing of Chadwick Boseman just a couple of days from when we're recording. And you got to work on Black Panther for a little bit. Being as it is Marvel and how strict they are about talking about any of the projects that you work on, I think that it's okay to talk a little bit about it now that it's out. Lots of the times NDAs are meant to protect the property before it comes yeah. out. They don't want you spoiling anything. They don't want anything to leak. Um, but at the same time, I'm still uh, walking on my tippy toes trying to avoid anything. All I can say is that it was exciting to go to work. Um, I was kind of more in the background world side of things and dealing with a lot of the the soldiers and getting those folks ready for their scenes. And we were doing large battlefield. uh, The cool thing about Marvel is that you get to see productions at like their finest. It's so polished, so big. The spectacle, even though lots of stuff is done on computers and whatnot nowadays, even even still, like you're just seeing things that you would never see anywhere else. And you could feel the excitement in the air. Everybody was there and really loving what they were doing and getting to explore those characters in that world in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And working as a background PA and having to corral, as they say in the industry, um, background people, what is a typical day, not necessarily Marvel, but just across the board, a typical day for a background PA on what you have to do in order to get the background ready to be on film? Uh, depending on the show it can be very easy or it can be very difficult one of my least favorite kinds of shows to work on as a pa is period pieces where the costumes are so elaborate and so specific and you need hours and hours of prep time before you start shooting with these background um, getting them ready it can be a lot of fun and can be really cool but it, it can be very taxing just having everything prepared and polished by the time you're on the walkie being told that to bring everybody to set. So in the mornings, uh, whatever my call time might be, you got the check-in process. You have people coming in, you're getting their names, you're giving them their paperwork. And then depending on how many there are, you might have a few other PAs helping you out just 
corralling them and sending them in the right directions after they've filled out their paperwork. Hopefully you've had enough time to do their I-9s as well, but if um, if not, then you're just going to end up having to do that later. But then we send them off to hair and makeup. We bring them to the wardrobe truck, potentially. They might have wardrobe set up wherever we may have holding. Um, you're having to divert people from going to breakfast sometimes. Right away. <laughs> like, no, we gotta we got to get our into our gear first, and then we'll uh, when we have time, we'll sit down and we'll all enjoy a meal and go over what we're going to do today. Um, getting everybody on the same page that early in the morning sometimes can be rough, but uh, being a background PA feels like being like a camp counselor in a way because I, you're just there to organize and help people with the workday ahead, but you're also wanting to make it as enjoyable as you can for those people showing up. So it's... I love people, so I think that it's like one of the most correct uh, positions for me to be in, even though I like exploring other uh, jobs as well. Um, but once you get everybody good to go in hair and makeup and wardrobe and you got whatever paperwork done that you can, they may end up sitting there for six hours before they see set. They might be getting rushed to set immediately. You kind of are at the beck and call of whatever's going on on set and you don't always know what to expect because things change all the time. So you might be having to rush people. You might have, be having to rush maybe hair and makeup who are taking more time than the people on set would like them to be taking. And the thing is, is everybody wants them to be perfect, but they don't know whether or not they're going to be right in front of camera or deep background where you're not going to see them. There's just so many things going on and so many, so many intricate little things to be focused on. I love film because it's something different every day and you're kind of just trying to ride this bucking Bronco and you're never going to tame it, but you're just trying to stay on. (laughs) But yeah, the background world is kind of wild and crazy depending on the show. Yeah. Multitasking to be a background PA is a necessity. You, you can't just be one issue focused as a background PA. Mm -hmm. There's always so much going on. Even if you've only got like three or five background people, you still have to be on top of everything that's going on on set just in case they need you for something. Um, So let's go ahead and get things wrapped up then. Jack, do you have any social medias or links you want to share? My uh, Instagram is non underscore disclosures. Yeah, uh, you can always just call Joe. He's got my phone number. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, If you do have any, if you are out there and you're not already part of the film industry and you'd like to ask more questions, um, you literally could find me on Facebook at uh, Jack Montague or or at the Instagram or hit up Joe, whatever it may be. I'm, ha- I'm always happy to answer questions about maybe becoming a PA or getting involved as an extra. I'm always happy to answer any questions you ever may have. So feel free to, to look me up if you'd really like to. Thank you, everybody, for hanging out with us. Thank you, Jack, for hanging out. Tune in next week for another great episode of the Above Average Joe Show. Bye, guys. Bye. See you on the flippity flops, fellas and ladies. (laughs) Next time, porcupine. Oh, let me give you let me give you another. That's all, folks.
you again to our special guest, Jack Montague. Be sure to check out our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitters, and look us up on Spotify, Stitcher, and iTunes. You can also check out another podcast I co-host, The Extra Unordinary, and some other great media content by Moon Possum Productions at moonpossum.com. 